0: Welcome back to the United Podcast, and you're with Larry here. Tom will be doing the color today because I had the honor of going through Anthony Martial's story so far. So we thought, let's do it once again. We received overwhelming positive feedback and we thought, okay, well, we're sick of talking about Jadon Sancho, as I'm sure you listening to this podcast definitely don't want to hear his name again until it's official. There's not a lot of transfer rumour or innuendo going on so let's do another story. Let's take a look at another player's career and that will be Luke Shaw. Tom, joining me as always, are you excited for this one?
1: Yeah, well I think the timing has worked out absolutely perfectly because we discussed this, which player were we going to do next and we both said, okay, Luke Shaw might be good and as soon as we said that, he has gone all in on Jose Mourinho. So I think he's given us plenty of ammunition and talking points for the podcast.
0: Oh, he definitely has. Um, but yeah, we will get there. But before we do, just want your, you know, how did you find the Anthony Martial chat? And has your perspective changed on the Frenchman or any sort of update before we rip into Luke Shaw? I think it's relevant because we're talking about whether he's a left winger or not. And as part of this conversation will be how Luke Shaw partners with those who play in front of him.
1: Well, just on Anthony Martial, after hearing you speak about him, especially sort of revisiting that first season under Louis van Gaal, I went back and watched a YouTube compilation of that first season. And I urge everyone to go and do the same, because I think we have to go back and realise how good he actually was. Not only his numbers for a young player coming through, but the actual football, some of the stuff he was doing, especially to experienced defenders. Um, yeah, he's definitely... After that chat, he's definitely worked his way into my... Which I agreed at the time insane. But I can confirm now we definitely need to give him another chance next season. Um, he has everything in the locker. It's whether he can find it or not.
0: Love to hear that, Tom. No arguments from me. And with that, let's transition into Luke Shaw. And let's start with, I guess, his story so far. So he signs for United. Um, he came from Southampton. Um when he signed, um, at the time it was considered a significant transfer fee, I think, I'm trying to think from memory now, it would have been, I think it was around 30 odd million pounds.
1: Yeah, it would have yeah, definitely been around that. I think what everyone was saying, and I remember the narrative amongst fans was very much, well, it's a huge money transfer, but they were saying, well, if we have not for 10 years, just think about buying a left back 3 million a year, you, you'd do that. So um, yeah, that was the narrative, I think it was around 30 million.
0: Yeah, but the, the thing that's really important here is we signed him, he must have been 18 or 19 maximum. Um, but anyway, here we are. When was that? 2014, I want to say? We're at 2021. He's made 188 appearances. He scored two goals, 12 assists, kept 53 clean sheets. So before we, I guess we rip into it, um, how have you viewed Luke Shaw initially? Um, well, sorry, let me rephrase that question. When he initially signed, what did you think of the signing? Did you think it was the right move given that Patrice Everett had suddenly left the club and United seemed to put their faith into a young up-and-comer as opposed to someone more experienced? What were your feelings at the time with the signing?
1: Oh, look, it would have to have been complete excitement because, as you say, there was the Everett situation which we did have to move on from. But then Luke Shaw was heavily touted across not only England but Europe as potentially the best left-back, especially the best up-and-coming left-back, I should say. Mm. And it was exactly what you'd want from casting your mind back to Sir Alex Ferguson, what he would do. Who's the best young player in England? Let's go get him. And Luke Shaw was definitely in that category. Okay, maybe not in terms of footballers, in terms of your attacking players, but he was the best left back out there available. And, okay, it was a lot of money, but it is exactly what Manchester United has sort of been sort of famous for over the last couple of decades and go and get the best young British talent. And it made a lot of sense, while a lot of money, um, yeah, definitely could knock it. I was definitely in the camp of saying, well, if we have him for ten years, the money will definitely be justified, and I think we'll get into that in terms of when we rate the signing out of ten at the end of the podcast. But yeah, uh, very excited. And overall, I think, well, has he repaid it in terms of the way football has gone and the money side of things has gone? You'd probably have to say yes, um, especially in his current form. But um, there will be interest in to dissect.
0: Absolutely. And by the way, I want to correct my stats from earlier. That that was just the Premier League. So Luke Shaw has actually made 261 appearances for Manchester United, scoring three goals and assisting 21. So there you go. Um, yeah, I have to agree with you there. The whole narrative around Luke Shaw was he could be the left back for Manchester United for the next 10 years. Um, th- there's been a little bit of up and down there. Um, we will... Naturally, get into the second season under Louis Van Gaal. I think that was a key narrative in the story that is Luke Shaw. Um, But what are your initial? Well, not not what your initial feelings. What is your feeling right now um, compared to how you felt at the time? Did you you mentioned that excitement there? But was there an element of doubt whether he could fulfil that potential that we've always said that he's capable of, or did you feel that this was a signing for the next ten years? I guess the reason I ask you that. Tom, is because if you think to when Diogo Delo signed, I remember there was one game he played and Mourinho made those comments. Um, now, Diogo Delo and Luke Shaw, I think, uh, are chalk and cheese. But d- did you agree with the sentiment or did you think it was United trying to justify the price tag?
1: Well, it's a weird one. In terms of the excitement, and you throw your mind back to when he did sign and the current situation now, I have to look at it and you say almost gone full circle had huge excitement at the start was signing this sort of potentially world-class left back and then it sort of had that dip through the injury in the bad form and through Mourinho who both of us here on this podcast have criticized Luke Shaw heavily um a couple of years ago but now it has gone back up to almost that excitement level when he did first sign for United and suddenly we do have that best left back especially the best left back in England and um Yeah, it's been a, especially from Luke Shaw's point of view, but especially from a fan's point of view as well, a bit of a up and down, a little bit of a roller coaster ride, sort of, sort of riding the ups and downs with him saying, well, he is good enough, or no, he isn't good enough, he is good enough, and um, yeah, I'm just glad at the moment we're discussing that he definitely is good enough.
0: Yep, definitely with you there. Um, His first season was disruptive, had a little bit of injury. Um, Ashley Young did finish the season at left back. But then let's go into the second season. Um, his fit again. That was the season where he was criticised heavily um, for his initial season with United, criticised for um, his appearance, criticised for his lack of fitness. He then goes away. He works hard. He come and there was. I remember uh, the second season under Van Gaal is almost infamous for Luke Shaw because he had the widest teeth the world has ever seen. If you can think back to that period, um, but he's come back in good shape. And he we also signed Memphis Depay, and with that. United's left-hand side started so positively. Um, Memphis and Luke Shaw had quite the combination going. And then there's that unfortunate incident in the Champions League at the time. Um, I can't even remember who was against, but I remember the tackle. And to rub salt into PSV. the wound... It was PSV. It was PSV. And the player who did it goes on to get man of the match, which was phenomenal. Um, anyway, that injury... It really derails Luke Shaw um, we then he comes back the following season. let's just talk about the injury for a second because what's been ongoing before we sort of talk about Mourinho and going into that period if you can think back to Shaw's form it was phenomenal he, he looked fantastic he was bombing up and down he looked fit the criticisms that we've seen even in this season has been you know he seems to have lapses of concentration or he doesn't seem to bust a lung to get back. That wasn't a criticism in that 15-16 season. Shaw was very active, looked great, then the leg break happens. Looking at his career so far, do you think that that injury has perhaps stopped him from fulfilling his potential? We will talk about Mourinho, but just looking at the injury itself, do you think that's contributed to what's perhaps been a slower start to get to where we are today with Luke?
1: Yeah no doubt and I I think it's hard because we look at sort of the end product and the final picture now where he is as I said probably the best left back in the league but there's no hiding from the fact that after the injury and when he got back um, playing first team football that he definitely wasn't and look as I said we're extremely critical of him and he probably did we did need to afford him a little bit of leeway because the injury yeah it wasn't just an injury it was a horrific injury. Mm-hmm. um you just need to remember the images and the pain that he would have been in and i sort of liken it to mine and not as bad well in terms of the length of time I, I did my acl and i remember when i came back everyone was talking about that first tackle and your fitness and you think you're okay but there is a hesitancy there that there, there is even if you think i'm going to go in this just into this 50 50 100 you don't like you think you are and you convince yourself you're going to but you don't and luke shaw's now in that position where he has obviously felt the injury But he's seen those images sort of probably every single day of his legs sort of snapped in half. It is only natural for him to sort of be hesitant out on the football pitch, and I think we clearly saw that. And while we were critical of his performances, I can't be critical of his mindset of sort of struggling with it because I think he did struggle with it. And again, that's absolutely no issue at all with him struggling with it. But I think that's a testament to say, well, he did have those couple of sort of tricky years dealing with it and getting back to full fitness. But now that he has... He's the last player you'd expect it, who would have had a career-threatening career threatening injury a few years ago.
0: Yeah, do you think, uh, and this is probably just taking the conversation a little bit left, but the evolution of sports science, do you think that's contributed? Because Luke Shaw hasn't, doesn't seem to have lost any of his pace, any of his agility for me. Um, or do you think that's perhaps happened? In, in, I don't want to say it's um, uh, fortacious per se, but... Is he lucky in the sense that the injury happens when he's young, as opposed to, obviously, 28, 29, 30? Um, Do you think that's probably what's allowed Luke Shaw to regain what he was pre-injury? Or do you think it's just the evolution of sports science? You are seeing players now play well into their 30s. Like, 30 was the retirement age 10 years ago. It's no longer the case.
1: Well, it's definitely an advantage doing it early, and I think not just from Luke Shaw's point of view, but... If Luke Shaw did it now, or if a 29- or a 30-year-old did it now, the club would probably take a different action. Obviously, the club would show their support to the player and give them the guidance that they need. But in terms of a sort of new potential contract for a player who breaks their leg at 30, the club would definitely have to think about that. Mm. But I think Luke Shaw doing it at such a young age, they go, okay, this might be a few tough years but we're going to stick by him. So one, which the next manager to stick by, or not stick by him, but the next manager to take control was obviously Jose Mourinho, and we we all know how that went. But in terms of the club as a whole, I think the club definitely did the right thing by him and are paying, are sort of reaping the benefits now.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about um, Jose Mourinho because Luke Shaw did start as left back in the initial season. um, And then we can kind of just lump in the three seasons because it's kind of a a Luke Shaw... Sandwich, isn't it? In the sense, he starts with Mourinho. The second season barely gets any game time. There was rumors he was injured, but then when he wasn't injured, he was just dropped. He wasn't in the squad or he'd sit on the bench. Ashley Young was first choice. Ashley Young was putting in awful performances, by the way. Um, Luke Shaw just couldn't get a, a chance in, particularly in that second season where we finished second under Mourinho. Then in the third season, he starts against Leicester. He scores a goal. We saw Mourinho's comments as well. We also have to remember, I think it was in that second Mourinho season, Luke Shaw had a really positive game and Mourinho had the comments um, where he goes, it's my mind in his body. What would that do for a player? I mean, Luke Shaw, obviously, he goes on to extend his contract under Mourinho, um, which was something in itself, but... You gotta say, like Luke Shaw must really be tough mentally because to be put under the sort of comments that Mourinho made about him publicly, I can't imagine that's easier to deal with.
1: I think I think that's the I think it's the public issue. I think players would be used to uh, and sort of they would accept that type of criticism and any sort of honest discussions with the manager behind closed doors or on the training field. From Luke Shaw's point of view, though, the way this played out in public, through none of his own doing, it was obviously all Jose Mourinho. I think that is what the the issue was. In terms of what Jose Mourinho said, I think nine times out of ten, I could probably agree with one at one. Even the the mind thing, as stupid as it sounded, I think, okay, look. It's stupid for Mourinho, but I can understand what he's saying. But it's just wrong to come out in public, especially the way the media will run with a story. Not only run with a story, but run with a story regarding Manchester United and Mourinho. He knew what he was doing, and he was making it a circus, and I don't for the life of me understand why. Because how, it was never going to benefit the player. Okay, Sometimes you can challenge a player in the media and hopefully to get better performances. Mm. But this wasn't challenging a player. This was simply... I don't know demeaning the player this was putting the player down and if you want to get into it Luke Shaw's current sort of interview which he did over the weekend is talking about that he had something against me I don't know what it was but even now he's still talking about me and look people have grudges or not I don't want to say it's a grudge but people clash their personalities clash in whatever walk of life maybe Luke Shaw and Mourinho clashed and that that happens look at Ferguson and Roy Keane they clashed but how this played mm. out is all down to Mourinho. Luke Shaw did absolutely nothing wrong from a professional point of view. Jose Mourinho was the one who was the manager of Manchester United, just lacked complete professionalism. And ultimately, that was costing Luke Shaw and ultimately costing Man United on the pitch.
0: Yeah, I have to agree, man. That period where Ashley Young just got picked week in and week out and you've got a young, talented kid who... look. Whatever you thought of his performances at the time, granted But I think young players also have to be afforded the opportunity to make mistakes And I think we, we do forget how young Luke Shaw is We are discussing this with Anthony Martial Luke Shaw's only 25 years of age and we, Which is crazy to think about Because he's been around forever He's 25 like He's a young footballer still
1: Yeah, that's crazy When I was just saying that in terms of a 30 year old break in the leg In my mind I was thinking Luke Shaw was probably the, sort of the tail end of his 20s yeah, you just mentioned that, but you just mentioned in terms of confidence and a player and a manager trying to build that. I still remember, uh, I oh, must have been 20, 21. I was playing first grade football and I was playing really well in pre-season. We must have had seven or eight pre-season games. I was playing on the right wing, which I'd never played before, but in pre-season, I banged in about 10 goals. Uh, I was absolutely on fire. Coming into the first game of the season, buzzing and thinking, yes, I want to continue this form. I'll score a couple of goals. We'll start the season on top of the table. The kickoff happened. The ball came out to me on the right side. It took a bobble right in front of the bench and it went over my foot for a throw-in. I thought absolutely nothing of it. I thought, oh, geez, that was a bad bounce. Not a great way to start the season. Yeah. For the next 45 minutes, my coach was on my case. He hooked me at halftime. We lost the game 2 or 3 nil, And I-, I couldn't get back into the team for six, seven weeks. And it was just a nightmare. And it was simply down to the manager being on my back because I was playing on his side in that first half. Mm. Similar to what Mourinho was saying with Luke Shaw, saying that he was the one in his ear. And this coach was just in my ear for 45 minutes and it took me the best part of two months to get back into the team and regain any type of confidence.
0: Yeah, it's brutal. Who knows? Tom could have been playing for Manchester United if that manager wasn't such an asshole. but here we are. Luke Shaw shows an example for you, Tom. You should follow that. Um, but let's talk about his weight a little bit. Um, we, we've got some comments here. Um, Josh, who's been on the podcast and always listens and loves to loves to disagree with me, does Josh. But um, I'll read his comment out anyway. Um I just read his latest interview about Mourinho. Under most circumstances, I'd say it's better to keep quiet and go on with it, but fair play to Luke. He's coped so much abuse from Jose, who can't accept that he has improved this season. I think it was Larry who said he's improved more in character over quality, but I actually disagree. See, Josh loves a disagreement with me. And I think there's elements of his game that have evolved this season. Quality of passing, positioning, etc. Sometimes it's better not to take the bait, but fair play to him. Um, And I also want to read out Elliot's comment, um, which is more relevant to Luke's weight and did make me laugh. Um, All I can say about this legendary left-back is that both me and my wife wish I was as fat as him. The Luke Shaw weight debate, um, I I feel like, you know what? I I, I compare it to Wayne Rooney. I think it was a very common theme where Mm. very similar body types that more stockier build. Luke Shaw's six foot, by the way, Um, but you wouldn't think it looking at him. Um, but they got that stocky build, don't they? Like that sh- lo- shorter legs, um, more torso, and they just seem to look more full. Um, but you see Luke Shaw without a shirt. He's quite quite lean, in fact. H- has he ever been fat for you or out of shape? Or do you think it's just simply a body type thing, maybe with a bigger shirt, just tends to give off this image?
1: Well, look, it, it definitely a body type thing. You make a great comparison there with Wayne Rooney, and I, I think 100%, that's absolutely correct. But I think he did struggle with that a little bit. And yes, when we say fat, <laughs> look, he, he still was full of muscle. It's just in terms of what in terms of we view a footballer like Cristiano Ronaldo or Paul Pogba or players like that, absolute sort of specimens. That was never Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw was almost just average footballer. Mm. But I remember, I was lucky enough, in Perth, um, got to go watch one of the private training sessions and, and we got to meet Luke Shaw. And up close and personal with him, you think, oh my God, how does anyone ever question this guy's athleticism? Like, he's an absolute monster. And this is obviously pre-season when they're going through a lot of hard work. And um, yeah, he's, he's always extremely hard done by. And he, that, that narrative around his weight definitely wouldn't have been around if he was playing for Everton or or when he's back at Southampton or if he was at any other club. It was because it was at United. He's always on the news and they needed a stick to beat him with. And yeah, I thought it was, while sometimes it was a little bit of banter, I think sometimes, especially from certain outlets, it became more than that and almost became a sort of a little bit of a case of bullying for me.
0: Yeah, no disagreements there. But you know what, credit to him. I think after whatever, you know, and we're just about to get into the Solskjaer period. But when we talk about Luke Shaw, one thing that no one can criticise is this guy's got one hell of a strong mentality. I um, mean, He's got perseverance in him. and Because the, the easy thing to do, and, and it's funny, we didn't really talk about it with Martial either, but I think it's relevant here. With a manager like Jose, it's so easy to crack under that and just want to spit spit your spit your dummy and just want to leave the club. Um, and I think with both those players' cases, they persevered. Both of them got into the team. Both of them got longer term contracts and they outsaw Mourinho. And I think that's important to mention here because in this pressure cooker that is Manchester United, you're under the microscope every day. So when you have a manager who does that, um, I think credit to both those men. I think it would have been easier to leave the club and have careers elsewhere. But I think where Jose is now and where both those players are speaks volumes about who was right and who I'll, was wrong. I'll
1: quickly throw to you, just there you just sort of jogged my memory. Yep. I'll throw the question to you in terms of, okay, Joe, he had this tricky time under Jose Mourinho and now he's having a very good time under Solskjaer. But under Jose Mourinho, we were critical, and forget the injury and coming back in his mental state. Just from a football point of view, I was always extremely critical of him. I was very happy when we signed Alex Telles. I was thinking Alex Telles could be the new left back. But what were your thoughts on his actual performances? Because no doubt now we'll get into how good he is and how great he is, and rightly so. But I'm not going to hide from the fact that I think from a footballing point of view, I was never, I'll was never. i oh, get rid of him, he's not good enough. I was just thinking, he has so much more to give. He he needs to give more. He has everything in his locker, but he's not producing. Do you think that was a football thing that came down to his relationship with Mourinho? Or it was a lasting effect of what we said in terms of coming back from the injury?
0: Um, It's a really difficult one to answer and I think it's a perfect transition into the Solskjaer period because even under the first season under Solskjaer, Shaw's performances actually weren't quite positive. Um, I even dare to say we all talk about what a great season he's had. Let's actually have it right. It wasn't probably before December that Luke Shaw actually decided to go past the halfway line and I think that's where the criticism has been. I think one-on-one defending is generally quite good. He had some mistakes in him. Um, but overall, I thought defensively quite solid. You know, when we're talking about Wambasaka, just for a comparison here, Tom, Wumbasaka is brilliant as a defender, and I think that's why a lot of us excuse him going forward. Now the criticism or the expectation of Wambasaka has increased to the point where we're now saying, all right, it's all well and good you keep Raheem Sterling quiet every time we're City, but now we want to see more going forward. I think with Luke Shaw. It's a difficult one to assess because under Mourinho, he really didn't get game time to sort of, and and you've you've had a big injury before. Is it fair to say because of the broken leg, he needed to have a run of games to then regain fitness, regain match rhythm, and then as a result, regain confidence? Under Mourinho, he wasn't really afforded that opportunity. So it's almost fair to say, in my opinion, happy if you disagree with me. Just it's a hindsight thing, because I agree with you. I don't think Shaw was good enough. But is it possible because he didn't get that run in the team after the leg break, that it actually delayed his opportunity to regain his confidence, regain his match rhythm? And maybe that's why it's only now that we're seeing Luke Shaw kick on.
1: Well yeah, confidence and fitness, while well, are two different things, they're completely interlinked and completely combined because Yeah, well one, the fitness you need to be playing regular football. If you're in and out, you're not gonna get that fitness and if you're not playing regularly your confidence is going to be knocked and they're going to be intertwined and 100 i remember just this morning i was watching diego delo for portugal and i was because obviously fullback for manchester united has sort of obvious comparisons could he be a backup for luke shaw if tele's left etc and i was watching i thought they played okay but he just wasn't fit and that wasn't a criticism of him at all he just hasn't been playing for a while especially he was called into the portugal squad late and let that for any fullback, if Luke Shaw was playing every six once every six weeks, he's not going to have that fitness, he's not going to be confident. Now that's, sort of the, that, that, that's the nature of the beast at Manchester United, you have to be performing, if you don't play well, you're going to be out of the team and it's going to be even harder to get back into the team because you are down on fitness, you are down on confidence compared to the other player who has your position and is playing week in, week out.
0: Yeah, no, I think that that is fair. Look, around why has it taken Luke Shaw to get to this level? Who knows? I think only Luke Shaw can comment. But let me ask you, Tom. Let's talk about this season, Um, and and this will be a good way to sort of get into the end, the tail end of the podcast. Um, We've seen the improvement in his game. He's obviously he's I think he's got the most assists for a defender uh, this season. So when we talked about his initial stats. Um, a lot of that has actually been contributed uh, this season. I think he finished with six assists. Funnily enough, the same amount of assists as Wan Bissaka. I bet ones didn't predict that. Um, considering you know he's the more defensive of the two players, but we've seen that evolution in his game. Did you for you was it from the start of the season? Do you think Shaw was fantastic? We we saw him you know deployed in a three man defence at times, or do you think the evolution? And this is what I think. The evolution maybe came maybe midway through the season where he actually just started to push beyond the byline. I recall our podcast. It's always been, why doesn't he just push further forward? And he seems to be doing that now.
1: I think fullback's a tricky one. And yeah, you're completely correct in what you say. But I think fullback is a tough one as... You have to be playing well for the fullback to be getting forward and sort of have that confidence to go forward and think, geez, if I go forward here and we lose the ball, I don't want to have to make a 60 yard run back into defense. So the team needs to be playing well for fullback to have that confidence to go forward and try and get involved in the attack. Because the last thing a fullback wants to do is go, OK, I've got to make a 50 yard run here to provide an option for my winger. I've got to get around the overlap. However, do I trust my winger like Marcus Rashford or Dan James to give me the ball or make the right decision? Or am I going to get into a dangerous position up near the opposition 18-yard box and we're going to lose the ball and suddenly I will have to make a 60-yard run back and we're going to get caught on the counter and then everyone's going to go, well, I'm out of position. So I think Luke Shaw was always in between a bit of a rock and a hard place when... One maybe thing you mentioned at the start of the podcast, he had a good relationship with Memphis. I think he's maybe struggled at times to sort of form a partnership with anyone on that left wing. Mm. One week it's Martial, one week it's Rashford, one week it's Dan James, next week it's Paul Pogba. And maybe he maybe some, somewhat struggled with that. But overall, his performances did improve um, no matter who he did play with. And he has to take um, big credit for that, I think.
0: Yep. Can't disagree there. Um, but you, you're right. United perhaps... He was a victim of United overall. Um, It probably wasn't until that October period onward where we actually saw the form trajectory improve. And that's where United were top of the league and we were saying, you know, 21 is coming tongue in cheek. But prior to that, if you actually think of United's start to the season, conceding, you know, losing a Crystal Palace at home, um, losing to Arsenal at home, um, by some miracle beating Brighton after the full-time whistle, so United did have patchy form, and yeah, you're, you're probably right in saying as our form improved, Luke Shaw improved. But it's good to see him um, putting up the numbers that he did do. Is there more for him, do you think? Um, is this the best of Luke Shaw, or do you think there's another level for him to go?
1: Um, look, I wouldn't want to be a pessimistic and say, no, there's no more levels, but I think he's a fullback at the end of the day. And you go back to that sort of quote from Jamie Carragher regarding Gary Neville, no one grows up wanting to be a Gary Neville. And I think we do sort of we demand so much from fullbacks these days. I think we do need to remember, hang on, they're only fullbacks. Okay, they're they're not scoring all the goals, they're not creating all the chances. Well, okay, I know technically a fullback does create a lot of chances through crosses, but they're not the real source of the creativity in midfield. Mm. I think we do have to sort of keep in check our expectations of a fullback and realise, well, hang on, their job is to defend that side of the field, get forward when you can. I don't want to get into the position where we're looking at Luke Shaw or Wan Bissaka, whoever, and going they don't have 20 assists this season. That's not good enough. Well, we can't get into that, but I'm not saying you are. But we do need to think, okay, keep the expectations high, but um, in check. And I think what Luke Shaw's performing now is more than good enough. If he can improve, great. Obviously, that's only going to um, help Man United. But um, if he just performs as he is, um, as I said, he's the best left back in the league. So how can, we, how can we be complaining with that?
0: Liverpool fans are fuming. Liverpool fans are fuming.
1: Well, they're left backs out of the Euros.
0: That's true. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad we're recording this on Monday other than Wednesday is all awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I, I can't disagree with you there. Um, all right. This is what I've really wanted to get into. Actually, no. Before we do do that, sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but can we just talk about um, player of the season? Um, um, we do our three-two ones. Luke Shaw didn't, wasn't in the tail end, but that's probably a victim of how we, you know, score our three-two ones. Um, for you, like, when we're talking about player of the season, um, was he your player of the season in terms of forget our three-two-one system? Just I guess from a United perspective in terms of consistency, um, and for and then based on that, um what are your expectations so when we're talking about can he improve I totally agree with you I don't think the the output needs to necessarily be higher but what is what do you think the expectations of Luke Shaw going into next season would be would it is it that just maintain your level of performance is it you should be looking to contribute double digits in terms of assists based on this season and what he's contributed what do you think that might look like
1: well, yeah, I think numbers... While I said he doesn't have to improve too much, I think ultimately they probably do have to increase a little bit. But yeah, nothing really needs to change. I think he's still maybe... Look, he has played a lot of games. He's still someone I would consider, and not in a critical way, but I would still be a little bit hesitant regarding his um, injury concerns. I think he's... Made, I wouldn't call him too injury-prone at the moment, but... Um, he just seems to be someone I wouldn't be shocked if I woke up on the news and he had a little bit of a niggle and was out for three or four weeks. Now, I don't know the last time he was injured. Maybe someone would say, hey, Tom, he hasn't been injured for two years and I'll be completely wrong. But I just have a bit of a feel, and that might be off the back of his the um, leg injury sort of thing. But in terms of what I expect from him next season, yeah, it's just... yeah, just say it. And it, it, What I expect from a, a £30 million left back is to nail that spot down. I don't want him to get in all position next season where we're thinking... Hang on, Alex Tellez is just as good, if not better. We should be playing Alex Tellez. Luke Shaw has now built himself a base and built himself a platform where he's nailed that spot down. And while I like Alex Tellez, we should be having a discussion in six months' time saying, well, Alex Tellez should be looking for a move away because he's not going to displace Luke Shaw. I think that's the big goal for Luke Shaw. Can he outlast, not outlast, but in the nicest way possible, shift out Alex Tellez?
0: We probably haven't touched him enough. I think some credit needs to go to the Brazilian coming in, and credit to Solskjaer for bringing in Alex Tellez.
1: Oh, what a signing.
0: Yeah, absolutely, because forget what he does on the pitch, because I think his, his actual attacking delivery and his, his, his ability with set pieces, we probably haven't been afforded the opportunity to see that from the Brazilian, but what he's done for Luke Shaw, like he needed that competition, with all due respect to Brendan Williams, um, Luke Shaw would never have felt threatened. Um, there was a little period there as well where Brendan Williams did uh, miss uh, displace Luke Shaw from the starting eleven last season. So, but I, I don't think it was ever going to be a prolonged thing. So that was a really astute signing from Solskjaer. Definitely credit there. All right, Tom, you you know what we've been waiting for, right? I don't know if you've been keeping up with the news. I don't know if you live under a rock, but um, the spat with Luke Shaw and Jose Mourinho it does continue. Um, I've got some comments that have been made by Luke Shaw only in the last few hours. Mate, it is some spicy reading and, and I'll give it to you now. Um, but it, it was just, it's outrageous. I Just before we get into it, um, let's talk about Mourinho's initial comments. He, he's gone so hard on Luke Shaw. He says his delivery, what, uses terms like terrible and poor. And so he, he goes hard on Luke Shaw. And it, as we mentioned earlier around his comments of, you know, grow up, mature, he needs to understand the game better. I just want to ask you, before we go into Luke Shaw's comments, is Jose Mourinho feeling okay? Is he upset? Did, did Luke Shaw do something to his parents? What's going on there?
1: Well, it's baffling, and there has to be something personal. And As I said, personalities clash. That might have happened between the two, and that is absolutely fine. That That's going to happen in any workplace, especially in a football dressing room. That is natural. But for Mourinho to constantly play it out in public is... I just don't understand what his angle is, what he aims to achieve. Is is he a little bit jealous because Luke Shaw was probably the most underperforming player throughout his reign off the top of my head? Then suddenly Jose Mourinho is that comes in and suddenly Luke Shaw is, as we say, the best left back. Is there a little bit of jealousy there from Mourinho's point of view? And he wants to sort of downplay that sort of improvement to say well, he's not, he's not really as good as what everyone's saying he is. I mean, he's still as almost, let's quote-unquote, as bad as he was when I was managing him. Because, which um, you just read out Josh's comment a few minutes ago, which I completely agree with. I think the first, my first instinct when I saw this from Luke Shaw, his, which you haven't got into, but his comments back at Jose Mourinho, when I first saw the headline, I was, oh, geez, what's he getting involved with for? Here, Luke Shaw, just leave it. But then when you sort of go through it, you weigh up the different comments from Mourinho and Luke Shaw. You have 100% back Luke Shaw. He's well within his right to defend his corner because Jose Mourinho has gone all in and Luke Shaw's a grown man and proven him wrong on the pitch. Mourinho is not letting this go. Luke Shaw is well within his right to bite back and I think is he completely right in what he is saying because Jose Mourinho it's starting to become a little bit obsessed and a little bit paranoid and it's a little bit worrying for Mourinho.
0: Yeah. So, all right, time to get into the juicy bit. So the context of this for anyone who hasn't been following, and if you haven't been following, I'm worried because in Sydney, there's literally nothing to do at the moment. Um, His comments were around Luke Shaw. This was following England's 1-0 win against the Czech Republic. He said, Luke Shaw's set-piece delivery was very poor and dramatically bad. Um, And then Shaw feels the right to defend himself. And Luke Shaw's come out. He says, I don't really understand it, to be honest. I don't know why he's still going on and wanting to point at me. I don't feel like the set-pieces were as bad as he was saying. I might have done one in the second half, a corner that didn't get over the first man. But that was one out of three. The other two or three, I don't think they were as dramatically bad as he says. Look, he has got to do his job. He has got his opinion. I'm used to him saying negative stuff about me now. So I just pass it by. I leave it be. I ignore it. I just focus on what the coaching staff say here and what Gareth says. And that's that, really. His voice is obviously very big. He likes to talk a lot about me, as everyone has seen recently. But his voice is his own. He can say what he wants. Um, And then he finally says, I will focus on myself. I take set pieces at United. So it wasn't as if it was something I wasn't ready for. And I guess just to summarize this, otherwise we'll be here forever. Um, He does say, you know, there is no hiding that we didn't get on referring to himself and Mourinho. He does say he thinks Mourinho was a brilliant manager, but the past is the past. It's time to move on. I am trying to move on, but obviously he can't. Um, He then says some of the lads in the team say, what's his problem? And why does he keep talking? It's just time to move on. Tom, bloody hell, Luke Shaw's gone hard on this one, and I back him 100%.
1: You have to, and you're completely right, and as I said, he's right in what he's saying because it lacks so much professionalism by the manager. Okay, he's not the manager anymore, but by the person in a superior position, he's the one fueling this, and Luke Shaw, as I said, he's proven him wrong on the field, and well within his right to defend him, and I'm glad... He went about it in the way that he did. He sort of, as you say, sort of referred to him, look, he is a good manager, and that happens. Sometimes you don't get on well. But um, I think Luke Shaw has come out of this. If you're scoring at a boxing um, sort of scorecard, it's definitely won this round 10-8.
0: Yep, definitely. Jose's on the ropes, and he hasn't got much left. And uh, I think that's... um Almost a good time to leave the podcast, but Tom, we did it with Martial. I'm I'm going to bring it to you now. Let's score Luke Shaw's signing and his time at United out of ten. Um, this would be an interesting one. Um, how do you how do you score the Englishman?
1: Yeah, no, very difficult. Um, I thought Mar- I thought the Martial one was a bit little bit tricky, but um, this one's probably even more so because I am not going to hide away from that first couple of up or, or yeah, even the first couple, but especially that middle period under Jose Mourinho because it was a large period of time. So, but obviously you look now, it's fantastic, but overall, uh, I don't know, maybe looking at around a seven with with the potential to maybe, if we win a trophy or two over the next year or two, um, that could be definitely pushed up to an eight, because cause I, don't, I don't know how to value the 30 million sign-in, it's obviously a record fee for a teenager at the time, unbelievable amount of money for Luke Shaw, but you're looking back now, 30 million? Like, what, what, how much was Ahmed Diallo, a reserve team player? How, he cost more than $30 million. Like now, You look back at it now and you think, well, potentially extremely good business by United, which would make it a much better signing than um, maybe your f- first thought. If I'm saying a 7 out of 10, maybe it's a little bit more um, in terms of value for money. I'm not sure. Um, no pun intended.
0: <laughs> I was actually going to say a six, um, a 6 out of 10. And the reason I say that is, let me give you a bit of context here. If Luke Shaw left United at the end of um, season before last, what would you have scored him?
1: Oh yeah, no, definitely. Well, that that's part of the story. Um, which I think, is, which why I've enjoyed this podcast so much is, yeah, if he left in the middle of that Mourinho period, yeah, it'd be a five out of ten, maybe even a four out of ten. Mm. And again, a, a lot of that may have been sort of a little bit hard done by in terms of concerning his injury, mm. but overall, you would have said, look, it it just didn't work out. But now the wheel has turned and it is turning out quite well. Um, yeah, it is fascinating that the difference between Mourinho and Solskjaer um, has been night and
0: day. Yeah, and th- that's the thing for me. Even the, even Solskjaer's first season, um, or first full season, um, I don't think, like, Shaw had periods outside of the team. Brendan Williams displaced him. Um, he was inconsistent he, he, defensively, he had lapses. I think Maguire. Protected him a lot, really, in that initial season. Um, well, when Tellers came in, I was saying play Alex Tellers, even when Luke Shaw was. Playing. And that's exactly it. I think this season has bumped up the score, and that's actually why I'm saying it's a six. But I think if this season didn't happen, we're talking about Luke Shaw being a failed a failure of a signing. So I think if we if I was going to score him a four point five or or a, or a five, then I think six is probably fair because this season's probably redeemed a lot of that. But for that to, be, to increase now, he has to put some consistency behind this season.
1: But as you say, only 25 years old, which is a shock to me. So with definite, not, I wouldn't say room to improvement in his performance. Oh, absolutely. But definitely room, to, definitely room to build on that score. Um, because, yeah, we'll, we'll say in 10 years, well, he's probably got another 10 years at United. So he could be making a 15-year career and suddenly you're looking at one of United's, I don't want to go down the Phil Jones for Alex Ferguson route, but if he gives us 15 years and continues this form that he's in now, you're looking at one of the United's greatest ever sign-ins.
0: All right. So you're saying seven. I'm saying six. Do we meet halfway? Say
1: 6.5. Uh, I think that's about right, mate. All
0: right. 6.5 for Luke Shaw. As always, I hope you guys have enjoyed this podcast. I'm, I'm really enjoying this story so far. Um, it was just a random thought. It, me and Tom were just yakking away a few weeks ago when... It's come together, and it seems to be something that we've received overwhelmingly positive feedback from. So, love hearing it. Please continue to give us your feedback. Continue to interact with us—Instagram, Twitter, Facebook—we're on all of them, or just come abuse us on Twitter. I'm always happy to be abused. It's, I feel like I get it in my job. I can get some on this podcast as well. Uh, until until next one, Tom. I'm sure I'm sure I'll put a comment forward that Josh will disagree with. Have I said anything that you disagree with today? Just want just make make me feel some love, Tom. Please.
1: Yeah, not off the top of my head. Maybe I have to go back and listen to the episode. But yeah, I think he is. Yeah, it's it's such an interesting thing with Luke Shaw, which I probably will go back and listen to this episode because he has been so good and so I don't want to say bad in a negative way, but he has been so bad at times or in terms of the, the picture around Luke Shaw. And um, yeah, I wouldn't say there was anything over controversial that's come out of your mouth this week. Perfect.
0: Thanks for that. Josh, please take that um, as feedback when you are looking to comment on anything else regarding this podcast. But as always, if you are holding your iPhone, please leave us a positive review. You've given us positive feedback and we love that. But do it where it counts leave it on the review page because that means more people get to see this podcast, get to interact with us, and then they can listen to Tom talking about how awesome he is and his glory days of when his manager took him off and how he could have been like Luke Shaw. Tom, pleasure as always, and um, I'll catch you at the end of the week. Oh, by the way, before we wrap up, it would be wrong of me not to ask you. England against Germany, um, that's going to be happening Wednesday morning, Tuesday night um, in, in Europe. How do you think that one's going?
1: I just want penalties I don't care how the match goes as I said I sort of I was looking forward to a sort of a, a bit of a collapse by England but now I see the English players there and sort of Bruno Fernandes and Ronaldo were knocked out today I'd like to see our main United players do well and progress but um, I just want penalties maybe a maybe controversial VAR or goal line technologies maybe England Germany maybe the goal line is written all over it in terms of the Lampard goal those years ago or the Lampard no goal and obviously the 66 uh, World Cup final so um. Maybe there'll be no room for discussion this time. Maybe goal line technology will end the debate for us. You think
0: it's going to penalties?
1: Oh, not that I think. I think Germany should wipe the floor with England, to be honest. If, if Tony Cruz gets in the game, I think England won't get near Germany. But Germany haven't maybe been as great as they have been in the past. So look, it wouldn't shock you if England do win it. Um, or especially beat Germany. So um, I have no. I just hope for penalties. I hope for drama. England beat Germany on penalties. Um, that's what football is about, in my opinion. All right,
0: so I'm, I'm hearing a, a German win.
1: I think if I was betting money on it, I'd say Germany. Um, I don't know if that's unfortunate or not. As I said, I want the United players to do well, but um, it w- I'm definitely setting the alarm. It's two a.m. morning, uh, two a.m. kickoff here. I'll definitely be up for
0: All it. Right, I'll tell you what. How about we see a, a Rashford double and Germany win four-two? i
1: would say Rashford double and Jordan Henderson scores three own goals. I'll take All that.
0: Right, sounds good to me. All right, we'll leave it there. Till next time, mate. Cheers.
1: Cheers.